My voice is fading. Uh, Hello and welcome back to the Mo Video Games Podcast. My name is Maxwell. We got my buddy Oliver. We form Mo Video Games and we are glad to have you here. Welcome. Hello. We talk about video games. We talk about game and news. We've got both of those things in this episode. Some more than the other, but hey. It's a long one we're making up for last week that we missed, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. So, today's episode, talking about not video games. Not to begin with, I got some gaming news to discuss. You gonna go for Shall it? We? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had a couple things this week. Um, Small things. Small things. Uh, first and foremost, um, the FIFA 21... First and foremost? Okay, not foremost, but first, that I will discuss right now. I think that this takes priority over everything. FIFA 21 does. No, we missed an episode. <gasps> That's right. Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get you to say. Oh, if you didn't know, if you don't follow us on the old Instagram at Mo Video Games, um, blood, baby. your boy Maxwell got married, got hitched, tied the knot this past weekend. Lost another soldier in the single battle. <laughs> and your boy Oliver was best man, so we were a little busy, but that was a good time. Yeah. Very, very pretty venue. Very, very happy to be back and out of that fucking car. <laughs> yeah, we we decided to drive, and it's uh, twenty two hours one way. Um, so it's a bit of a, a bit of a jaunt. And it was in a, the worst car I've ever been in in my life, hands down. Had a shoot of a do. Yeah, I do have to say, once we took all of the shit out of it, um, and I was driving it back to the rental place, it was much more pleasant to drive. I still hate it. I still, I, I, so it was more pleasant to drive because, so the problem, it was Nissan Pathfinder. So if you own one of those, you're down. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you just, you made an honest mistake. It's okay. It happens to the best of us. But that, the body roll, that, that car is a behemoth tank boat that does not have the word driving dynamics in its dictionary. And when you have an entire back of it, the cargo space filled up with shit that constantly moves around. It, you don't want to like turn at all because the body roll just makes everything fly to one side of the car. Um, so once I took that stuff out and I didn't care about the body roll, it was more enjoyable to drive. But then I immediately got back in our Honda Civic and was like, oh my God, this car weighs two pounds. A whole new world. It was, it was incredible. But yeah, long drive, terrible car, great company, fun times. Perfect way to say it. Yeah, the... At least when I was in the, like, mid-seats, because, what, it's a three-rower or whatever, mm-hmm. or four-rower, um, every time, if you touch the steering wheel at all, my head would, like, fucking fly one direction. I mean, it, <laughs> it, shit is just so wavy in such a bad way. It was, yeah, it was very unpleasant, so don't ever buy that car. Think big, drive small. Don't forget to buy me. Um, but, yeah, so... FIFA 21, something I don't know why you're mentioning right now. You're about to. Okay. FIFA 21, I think specifically Legacy, but it's the release for the Nintendo Switch. 
Um, so EA, in charge of all of those, uh, specifically EA Sports, it's in the game. Um, they released it, and in the release notes for a full-fledged $50 game, said explicitly, no new gameplay, no new, ch- like essentially no changes at all. It's effectively just a roster update for a $50 game. Um, and so IGN, who had reviewed FIFA 20, which did the same thing from FIFA 19, only did a roster update, had previously given a 2 out of 10 rating um, to FIFA 20. And for FIFA 21 said, because EA decided to copy and paste the same game, I'm going to copy and paste my review from FIFA 20. <laughs> and literally verbatim, copy and pasted the FIFA 20 review, giving it a 2 um, out of 10, which I think is generous. Um, I think it's really, I would have given it a negative score at that point. Yeah. Whatever the 19 to 20 leap was, I would have I would have kept going. So like what, like if it was an 8, I would give it like a negative 4 now or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Um, That's insane. That should be punishable by law. Yeah, but for anyone who thinks that IGN doesn't give, like, accurate or fair ratings, that at least should give you some hope that they're, they they at least know what they're doing, unsurprisingly. I mean, they're professional, like, reviewers. Like, I mean, you take everything with a grain of salt, but, yeah, they, they're not just sitting there, like, cashing in the checks. Like, that, that felt good. It was hilarious. I mean, and sometimes they are. Let's be honest, Activision and uh, IGN definitely have a lucrative relationship with each other. <laughs> There's no reason every single Call of Duty game needs to get such a good review. They're great games. Every one is perfect. 10 out of 10, <laughs> game of the year. Um, but this next one will be for sure. <laughs> you just don't understand. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought that was crazy and hilarious. Um, made me happy. So Makes me angry. Well, yeah, the, the, the fact that that happened made me angry, but it makes me happy that IGN shat on EA for a second time. I didn't even realize they had shat on them before. Yeah. But that's funny. Um, other news, PS5 released a full teardown of the PS5, finally, which gave us some new details we did not previously know, um, including, one, it showed us where the M.2 um, SSD storage x storage (laughs) storage expansion slot um is with easy access both panels on the side those white panels are easily removable without tools which implies that it will be easy for whether or not it's officially licensed by sony but for third parties to release um custom side plates um Hmm. for the ps5 which is pretty cool it is easy access to replace the fan. Um, once you remove the side panels, just a few screws, and you can replace the fan if you need to. Um, and additionally, they put two holes into the side of the console for vacuuming dust. They're dust catchers, and they if, if you start to get reduced thermal performance, you can just stick a little vacuum hose in there and suck the dust out of it. How big is the hole? Um, it's I mean, it's about big for like one of those like crevice tools to fit inside of. Um, or if you have like a little dust buster or something like that um, to, to fit it inside of there. So very interesting. They, they essentially took the, the jet engine dusty boy of the PS4 and the PS4 Pro um, and were like, we're going to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, and so super over-engineered the cooling solution. And the heat sink is approximately the size of a fucking Xbox One S. <laughs> it is gigantic. Um, and they also used liquid metal as their thermal interface material. Sounds fancy. Yeah. 
Um, they, they did a lot of work uh, to make... So the, the problem with liquid metal is... So typical like thermal interfaces are use thermal paste, which is non-conductive. So if the thermal paste that basically transfers the heat from the die that is the CPU or GPU combo, etc., to the actual heat plate, heat sink to dissipate the heat, um, it's non-conductive. So if it gets on other components, it's not a problem. But liquid metal is literally like a, a liquid form um, of a conductive material, which conducts heat incredibly well, which makes it good for that kind of thermal interface. But it touches another component. You Everything can potentially dies. It's, yeah, it's, it's a bad time. Including you. <laughs> but it, there were some patents that uh, Sony had placed a, a while ago that now begin to make sense, kind of showing how they engineered the die and the space around it to help keep the liquid metal in its position um, and prevent it from spilling out onto other components. So, so they made the die a bowl. It's, I mean, kinda. It's, it's it's more of a box, but it's a boxy bowl. I am PS4, five, Sony, PS5. It's in the game. Um, and they they also confirmed that it will use Wi-Fi six. And Bluetooth 5.1. I wow. Yeah, the newest standard. So just more more future proofing. Um, if you care about the console wars, um, Xbox is not using Wi-Fi 6. So it's basically dead on arrival. Unplayable. Better go home, Xbox. I mean, I know people do it, but I would essentially never have my console not hardwired. If I was doing online gaming. Yeah, it's... I, I uh, on it now I do, but for most of my life I did not have a hardwired connection to my. That's because you weren't a gamer for most of your life. <laughs> that is true. Now you are a serious gamer, um, and a tech tuber. <laughs> Goddamn right. Um, At Maxwell Lewis Gaming. <laughs> check me out, baby. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's just a little, just more details that we didn't previously know. So just kind of cool fact. Will it have much real world difference now? No, in, in the future potentially. Um, but it, it's just like that's. I mean, yeah, it's it's cool. It's good that they're doing stuff. They they did a thing. It's better than FIFA. That's <laughs> <laughs> for sure. More than two out of ten, for sure. And the PS Five teardown um, is like was watched. I think. 10 times as much as the PS4 teardown or something like that. I don't know. It's like one of the most watched like thing, but people are thirsty for the news on the new consoles and new GPUs and CPUs and stuff, which brings me nicely into the final news of all Ryzen 5000 series. Coffee break. My eyes are getting red. Yeah, I'm drinking a red eye. Yeah, we've been drinking shots of espresso in our coffee, and it's ruined coffee for me. I would say it is perfected coffee. <laughs> that is the problem. Straight coffee is not perfect without a shot of espresso in it. So yeah, it's a don't go down the road is all I've learned is once you start putting shots of espresso in your coffee, there's no going back. It's not even the caffeine for me. Like, the flavor is just so much more bold and smack you in the face, which is exactly what I want from coffee. I mean, it's why I drink dark roast. Like, if it doesn't look like fucking sludge is coming out of your mug, then it's not going to be dark and tasty and roasty enough for me. Yeah, so, it doesn't steam. It has to be smoke yeah. coming off of the coffee. Yes. Because I like smoky coffee. Yeah. 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 
That's why I like the the Starbucks French roast. It's a smoky boy. Just stopped just before the second crack, man. They got that. They got that roasting technique down perfectly. Is two cracks bad? Do not want the second. Uh, crack. Yeah, apparently you, there are no roasts that go past the second crack. The beans just fucking ruined after that. I mean, I don't know why, but literally, like the, that is the. The, the second crack is popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> the French roast is yeah, right before the second crack, and uh, yeah, that's the darkest roast that you can get. So, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised that they have found a repeatable process, but that just thinking about how much variability there has to be in I know. a roasting process, like with each bean. That they have done that is... Uh... They probably just have, like, laser guns that insert heat into it, right? And so that they can, like, measure their energy output that's going into the bean and get... Individually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm imagining, like, a bunch of, like, laser guns just, like, shittily duct taped to a ceiling or something and then just pointing it like a small vat of beans. Yeah, the perfect precision, but they're shittily duct taped yeah. into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how good the lasers are. You don't, The mounting mechanism... Not important. Yeah, because they have cameras also to identify where the beans are. And then they also have a small wireless sensor or wireless network between them to communicate which beans they are and are not going to be shooting at so that there isn't any overlap. I'm saying this laser is perfect. Michael Reeves, if you ever listen to this particular podcast... Make more babies. Yeah, make, make a laser baby that roasts coffee perfectly actually yeah that one's good the laser babies if you don't watch michael reeves and you like nerdy stuff then watch michael reeves and if you don't like nerdy stuff watch michael reeves because he's still pretty fucking funny so yeah, it is quality content yeah but yeah rise of five thousand yeah <laughs> now that we've had our we, we haven't had our geography lesson but we'll keep it to the coffee lesson for today yeah where does coffee come from geography <laughs> it is there true um so yeah, AMD on October 8th announced the Ryzen 5000 series, skipping 4000 series. Um, which That's were, how powerful it is. I mean, I, I'm sure some of that went into it, like the, the naming convention. But the I think the running suspicion is that the Ryzen 4000 series were like mobile CPUs that were still based on the Zen 2 architecture. So to avoid confusion of having... 4000 Zen 2 mobile CPUs and 4000 Zen 3 desktop CPUs, they went to 5000 to separate and, and keep it differentiated. But the, the previous desktop Ryzen AMD CPUs were the 3000 series, so now we're on 5000, which is, comes immediately following the 3000 series, if that's not clear. <laughs> um, it's still a seven seven I can speak seven nanometer process, um, but they've updated the architecture as one does. Um, but interestingly, they got a so everyone talks about clock speed. So like Intel is the clock speed king. They it can boost up to over five gigahertz, and it's like oh my gosh, that's fast. And the Ryzen five thousand series still has not hit the five gigahertz mark, but. What people don't talk about and why gigahertz are not a good measure of how good a CPU is, is the instructions per clock. So how many instructions can you actually perform for each clock cycle that is being performed? And with Zen 3 over Zen 2, they have a 19% increase in instructions per clock, which is based on the past like decade of incremental performance increase is essentially a two generation jump in performance of instructions per clock, which is nuts. And the, the big headline is it is now the gaming king. AMD is now the fastest gaming chip by a 
substantial margin and still holds their multi-threaded um, performance gang. So they over over Zen to the Ryzen 3000 series, there is an average of a 26% gaming increase um, in performance. And over Intel, um, there's like one game where their AMD is just underneath them, but especially in esports titles like CSGO and League of Legends, it has a 20% lead over Intel in gaming. Hmm. And then anywhere from single to double digits um, for other games across the board, um, which is pretty awesome, all while maintaining their same 105 TDP, um, or 105 watts, um, essentially, of which is just nuts. So they're super efficient. They'd say it's like 28% more efficient than Ryzen 3000 series, still way more efficient than the competitor, um, which is Intel. They kept calling them the competitor, but then they would like literally list a skew from Intel. <laughs> uh, but they wouldn't say Intel um, specifically. They don't want to advertise for the competitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's fair, yeah. Um, if someone else doesn't know the, the CPU market and the complexities that lie there with them, they'll be like, we don't know who the competitor is. Yeah, but I want AMD now. Um, and in Cinebench, um, they now have broken the 600s in single-threaded performance, which um, is, is a big milestone. And they're like, um, I think, 60 to 80 points above Intel in single-threaded performance um, in Cinebench, which is almost a, like, I can't do math. Was that like a 10% jump um, over them? What and was the numbers? So it was, it was like 560 to... 640 or something like that i think or 580 to it's either 40 60 or 80 jump but either way like a, a substantial double digit jump. 10 to 15 percent based on the random gamut of numbers <laughs> you were saying i know I, I probably should have like written down some specifics but um that's yeah. not what we're here for we're here for games so tech news can be a little bit loose <laughs> that's true baby because we got the games on lock that's true <laughs> that's why we talk about tech news for 30 minutes and then talk about the games for 30 minutes that's true well at least at least one of my games i don't remember about you is a repeat so i don't have much to say about it so we're filling that time which one's a repeat uh payday 2 oh okay uh spoiler alert well, i will be talking about payday 2 um, well i thought we talked about payday 2 but i didn't i thought i didn't know if you were saying you had repeated it or it was a repeat from i was like i didn't think we're on the tier 2 yet right we're not oh on the yeah tier no two. no we're not tier yeah. 3 yeah we spoke about it when you had it on the list but yeah yeah, and then, then the final like bit of news is the 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 pricing. So they're fifty dollars more expensive than Ryzen three thousand counterparts, um, and they no longer come with coolers, um, with the exception of the fifty six hundred X, which is their lowest six core um, variant. Comes with a Wraith Stealth cooler, which is not their bigger of the coolers that they've had in the past saying that they're built for enthusiasts enthusiasts put um their own aftermarket coolers on typically so they're no longer sold with coolers um which now makes them for more or less kind of their direct competitors more expensive than intel um but they still have more cores than intel so and now they're the gaming and multi-threaded workload leader so how much is the 56 hundo so the 56 hundo um, is three hundred dollars? It was two fifty for the thirty six hundred. Um, I thought they had like a. I thought they well okay at least like you know when I'm watching PC builds I thought there was some like eighty to a hundred and twenty dollar AMD CPU 
that's their like what do you call it apu that has built-in graphics um that you could throw in or, or they they haven't announced their like ryzen 3 yet um for the 5000 series which would be like the equivalent of like an i3 essentially okay um, so th- this is only like their mid to top tier cpus have been announced at this point so ryzen 5 ryzen 7 um but I thought that, that that Ryzen 3 or whatever would, like, blew, like, even my i5 out of the water. Um, probably. I mean, most things, <laughs> I mean, most things, at, at least, like, in multi-threaded performance, like, blew our previous CPUs out. Like, uh, when we bought it, it was, like, right before AMD started releasing, like, Ryzen and, like, making CPU competitive again. And so, like, the, the jump in performance, I think, was pretty substantial. So, yeah, like, the bottom tier stuff was probably like on par if not outperforming our stuff for less money for sure yeah hmm i mean it'd be nice to have the new gen of those amd boys i just want my new computer i just need that 3060 to come i'm gonna keep saying this every single episode until i get it nvidia if you're listening please god release it yeah, the 3070 coming October 28th, I think, is now the release for that. I think they pushed it back when it was originally supposed to be. Um, but, but yeah, so the, the Ryzen, it's 6-core, 12-thread, then 8-core, 16-thread, then 12-core, 24-thread for the 5900X, and then they have the 5950X, which is their 16-core, 32-thread, and that bad boy is $800. Um, but it boosts up to 4.9 gigahertz and is the gaming and obviously multi-threaded king. It's a lot. A lot. So yeah, pr- 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 pretty exciting. Um, kind kind of crazy, but like no one, even with the price increase and the lack of coolers, I have not heard a single person be like, "Oh man, I'm upset." Everyone is just like, "Wow, AMD's on top. Competition's back. Intel is dead." Like. A, the fact that AMD was able to increase price, remove a feature essentially by not having a cooler, and everyone was like, yes, please give me, is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess I, I don't think that that's that, like like you were saying, like, who the fuck is using the uh, the Raid or the Wraith, whatever the hell that cooler is called. Yeah. I mean, it does get a lot of, like, really good for, like, a stock, stock cooler, it is always... I've never heard a single bad thing about it. Like, it sounds like the best stock cooler that you could get with a CPU. And then it's like, they always say that. And then they're like, so then for this build, we're using that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's why with the 5600, they do include a cooler. Because like, if, if you're already going in that kind of like, quote unquote, budget build, or like the best bang for buck performance, it's not quite budget. Um, but then you, you won't have to buy the cooler. But if you're spending... Um, whatever it is, four fifty plus on a CPU, you probably have a budget to get an aftermarket cooler. Yeah, and especially with their low power consumption and stuff, I actually wouldn't feel too bad about leaving stocky on it, honestly. Um, yeah, because I, I assume it doesn't run very hot. I mean, if you're not consuming very much power, it's yeah, it's a sixty-five watt TEP on the fifty-six hundred. Yeah, so maybe I'll consider just doing that and then not getting a two twelve. Or whatever I want to put on top of it, you know, and then just using stocky, because that would be about the same price as what I spent last time. But I don't know. I don't know if that'd be overkill for a thirty sixty processing wise. 
Well, for League of Legends, everything's overkill, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they, they just need to think about like streaming and stuff. So hopefully they'll have benchmarks and stuff out that, that show more of like the multi-threaded performance. But I think even for streaming, that, that should probably be fine. I mean, for streaming, my computer can almost handle it. So if I jump four years and improve it and it can't handle it, I'd be incredibly disappointed. Well, for League, that is. I guess if you were ever trying to like stream something else, I don't know. Something that would be more CPU intensive than League. There's nothing that's more CPU intensive than League. See, League is actually decently CPU intensive. For like what you'd expect it to be. Like it definitely... I suppose because there's like no GPU. Like it's CPU bound. The frame rate. So what what can you give me CPU? (laughs) Yeah, it it is more CPU intensive than I'm. What have I imagined? That's fair. But the good news is it's a 50% increase over Ryzen um, 3000 series in League of Legends and a 20% increase over Intel. So hmm. Your frame's about to be exploding. Speaking of League of Legends news, um, great update. Not one, not two, but three NA teams are out of groups <laughs> and coming back home maybe we got them all back safe and sound so uh um i think they're all back in a lot um already so yeah that kind of blows big shaskies uh team liquid was i believe the closest to getting out and suning and g2 the top two teams in their bracket or group uh had a tiebreaker which g2 had to win in order for na to get a tiebreaker to have the chance to get out, and G2 threw the ball pretty hard, and then because they lost that game, then they had to do a tiebreaker for first place again against Suning, so they played two back-to-back games against Suning, and they lost both of them. So, good job, G2, for uh, making everyone sad. <laughs> do you think G2 intentionally lost those to kick NA out of the tournament? Uh, I mean, that's super conspiracy theorist, but... No, not really, but I was watching the ends of the end of the first one. Like most of the team members looked pretty frustrated with the fact that they lost, but Yankos their jungler looked like he was laughing and I couldn't tell. I'm not good at lip reading, but it almost looked like he said, Well at least NA's out or something like that. <laughs> but like I think that's just like what I wanted to like hear him say. But he like laughed after saying it, so I don't know what else he would say at the end. Um so and I definitely Spicy. could see them saying it because, yeah, I, it's not like they don't... They definitely knew, you know. Like, it's not like they don't. There was... Yeah. Plenty of memes. G, G2 is a meme team for sure. So, yeah, it's just a Fnatic and G2 moving on to the next stage for Europe. NA boys are out, so it's pretty much just a OPL, LCK, and LEC now, I believe. I don't think that there's any other teams. So, yeah, we'll see how long uh, the Euro boys can hold out before... The dubs get taken by most likely, I think China's who's predicted to win. Uh, I believe Damwon is LPL. So, but yeah, either way, sucks to suck. TSM, which managed to rob all of LCS by getting first place in LCS, is the first first place seed to go zero and six in group stages. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm a little upset because if congratulations TSM. Yeah, if TL. And, you know, theoretical world where TL got first place, I think they would have had a much better chance in the group that uh, TSM was. Because 
it was a very close group and TSM didn't show up at all. And I feel like TL showed up a lot more and TL had, I think a lot harder group. So the fact that they were able to beat G2 and Zuning, um, I think they could have gotten out of groups if they got into group C instead of group A. So fuck you, TSM. And that is Dallas. Yeah. One of the, uh, people in the clash team I'm playing in, um, Got permanently banned from the TSM subreddit, but it was an on, on an alt account that he made that was just TSM sucks or something like that was the <laughs> name of it. Uh, on his main Reddit, he just goes to the TSM sub and just downvotes all the posts because he hates TSM so much. That so is petty. I know. So he just got he's gotten suspended from uh, downvoting TSM. But yeah, like every time we talk about league at all, like bro play, he, he just he's just always railing on TSM. To be fair, the TSM is a lot of people hate TSM. I will say that it is like the it's like the Patriots of league essentially. Yeah. So it's either like everyone you either love the 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 TSM. I was about to say the Patriots. You either love TSM <laughs> or you hate them. So I'm definitely on a dislike the TSM bandwagon, but yeah. So that's all I got. So I believe you start with the games. Games is that why we're here? No. I didn't think so. So I've got two games for you today. Um, It'll be short, quick, sweet, beautiful. I even already know what I'm going to pick. That's how crazy this is. So Payday 2 is game number one. We have spoken about this, so I will not go into a lot of detail on Payday 2. You can listen to our previous podcast whenever that was. Check out... (laughs) <laughs> check out our Google Sheet um, to take a look at who won for Oliver when we spoke about Payday 2 last. Um, Payday 2 was developed by Overkill Software, um, released back in August of 2013. An old game, that's crazy. Um, that has held up incredibly well. Um, on, on Metacritic, got anywhere from mid to upper 70s. Um, a disservice to the game. Absolute disservice. Um, but also, I think... Pretty fair. I think I I think I agree with that rating. Do you disagree with that rating? I thought I got like wait. Did you say mid to upper or mid to low? Mid to upper. I guess I I, I think it's a little low, but not much. It, it was well, one of those. It's always released on a lot of platforms. It was like cross gen, so it was like three sixty PS three and PS four and um, Xbox One and PC and Linux and I think Nintendo Switch. And, like, the Xbox One and Nintendo Switch versions got, like, in the 60s on Metacritic. I didn't even bother to mention those. Um, and then everything else was, like, mid to upper 70s um, after that. So there, there's a lot of different places and ways to play um, Payday 2. But I don't know. I thought it was, like, the, I think the novelty for the game is pretty high. And, like, a, like originality for it, you know? And I think that they executed pretty well, especially given price point um of the game so i guess yeah maybe i do think it's a little low but it's hard to like i don't know when you're rating a game what factors you're putting it at because like to me yeah price per performance is definitely huge in a game like if i'm gonna play pay 60 dollars then i want h0d quality in my games but if i'm only paying like 20 dollars or whatever for payday then yeah like for a 20 dollar game that game is incredible is that what it was on release though i thought so if it was, then I agree. Um, I don't think it was ever uh, like a 60. Payday loans, that is not... Uh... 
ten bucks right now. Ooh, dog. I don't know if we'll be able to get historical prices. Well, if that is a, even if it was a forty dollar game um, instead of twenty, I, I think I think that's definitely a good value, uh, especially with replayability. Um, Overkill has yet to confirm a price for the game. Twenty thirteen article, which is currently listed at twenty five dollars on or twenty five pounds on Steam, but twenty five dollars on Steam. So yeah, I don't think it was ever a a sixty dollar game. Definitely not full price. So so that that definitely. I, I think that's that's a good thing to throw in there as far as um, like well, one of the things that you discuss um, when talking about like rating a game. Yeah, because otherwise, like any like stick bolt would be a terrible, you know, if stick bolt costs sixty dollars, yeah, I'd say stick bolt is a horrible game. I don't know. I would pay sixty bucks for stick. I would. I would never pay sixty dollars for stick bolt. Yeah, Sorry, I guys. might not either, but man, it's definitely one of those. I'm like. I mean, it's a great game. I love it to death, but it should not be a $60 game. If I knew... I, just, I love Stick Bolt, man. I know, but it's not like 50 plus hours of straight, just one minute. Like, when you're story. trying to platinum, it's 50 plus hours, let me tell you. But that's that's just the story for most games. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? That's not even like all the extra stuff. And that's the replay through. That's fair, okay. But so it brings me to microtransactions. So. Oh. Everyone talks about Battlefront 2 back in, what was it, 2018, I think? Um, EA, again, shit in the bed. The most historically downbooted Reddit post of all time. I need water. Keep going. Keep going, Chief. Um, so Payday 2, back in 2015, not immune to microtransactions. Um, they released some content that um, you could get... Um, by opening safes, but the only way to open the safes was to purchase saws with real-world currency in order to get them, and they received a lot of backlash. And so they did the typical, like, how you would um, go, go about, like, trying to fix the, the microtransaction without removing the microtransaction by, like, okay, well, you're going to get more content with it. We're going to give you all these other, um, like, DLC packs for free if you if you pay for this stuff. And then people were still like, mur, 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 I'm so upset. And eventually, um, a, a different publisher purchased the rights to Payday 2, and about a year after they implemented microtransactions, um, they removed them entirely, and it was all free to get within the game. Um, but yeah, that's Payday 2. It's, it's the, the heist um, simulator. There's a lot of replayability. Um, it's, it's very modular and kind of randomly generated, so you can play different like each level on different difficulties um which have like different number of guards and people and there's like different objectives um that you can do um there's like drug cooking for for some of them there's like multiple stages to different levels um it's yeah it can be pretty exciting pretty pretty modular it's the most fun when you play with people you know um either online i don't think there might be local co-op I'm thinking about did we play local co-op i think we did yeah um so that that can be um pretty fun as well but definitely as with most multiplayer games it's always more fun when you're like can communicate directly with people that you're playing with and i mean you can do that <laughs> with random people but the, the chances of coming across someone that you actually like is a little bit more difficult but the community is pretty good at the online like most people have mics from what i remember at least when i was playing which was 
maybe seven years ago now. But yeah, at the time, I remember I thought they were pretty good about having mics and stuff. So definitely a lot of hackers on the PC version, though. I'd probably stick to a console version again. Yeah. Even though, you know, PC gaming is superior and quote unquote always, the hacking definitely makes, I think, console versions of it more enjoyable and just less buggy in general. But I guess maybe that's just the hack source. <laughs> Who knows? So here's a question for you. Do you believe that PC gaming is superior to console gaming? Or vice versa? I mean, yes. That's why I do it. Because I'm correct. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I see pros and cons to both sides. But I think, like... My, well, how, how long was it since they released, I got, okay, I got the, my PC around and they released, what, like the X-Bone and the P- PS4, right? No. You got it like four years after. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I guess, I don't know, maybe at the rate that they're releasing it, then, I guess I was just thinking, like, this PC, even if I do this upgrade, will still be about the price of both the consoles combined, like two gens worth of consoles. So, if it lasts that long, then the price is pretty comparable and but i don't know yeah maybe maybe if console gaming is cheaper then it's better. i can't play league is the thing on the console so pc gaming definitely takes the dub for sure that, that's a big benefit is there's way more games available on pc yeah i do think for the most part i mean i've kind of been thinking for a long time that console gaming is actually pretty affordable in relativity to pc gaming but you also it's just like you can multitask on a pc Right, you, there's just so much more functionality that you get, especially as a tech enthusiast in general with a PC. That I think if you are in the tech like we are, then PC gaming is what makes sense. But I mean, I get the I get the lure that you did, like console is always going to be plug and play, and I will always be debugging random shit that randomly occurs that shouldn't happen on a PC. I mean, even one of my friends, we were trying to play League, and the shit couldn't connect to the authentication server, and I mean, we were like going into like firewall making sure the dns was flushed you know trying to figure out was it a networking issue was it a firewall issue was it a security issue yada 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 and it's just like you just don't deal with that on a on a console ever so i mean i get it but for if you're a tech enthusiast i would say you should i would be surprised if you didn't prefer pc gaming over so for me pc gaming is superior but will i ever like dog someone for having a console no because i a don't give a flying fuck what you do um uh b like i totally get it i mean most of my friends don't want to spend time debugging anything so like that's just not enjoyable to them so yeah i don't see the issue that's a good answer i i think i completely agree with that like i mean if you're already a tech enthusiast like if if you don't pc game that's just kind of odd like what like i think tech enthusiast by definition is almost like like you're doing some kind of pc building whether or not it's for gaming um but I think you made a good point too. Like if, if you're like already have a desktop computer for other tasks you may need to do for work or just general life things, you can, for less money than a console, buy a GPU, plug it in, and now you have essentially as good of, if not better gaming performance than a console. Um, if you don't already have a desktop, it's typically more expensive to get into PC gaming um, than it would be for a console. And then you said you don't have to plug and play but yeah but but i do think that a lot of people that have a console will also have a 
like they'll have another computer whether or not it's a laptop or not but so when you're like putting in the console and the laptop combined you know or if they have a desk like a like a nook or something like that when you put those prices together then i would think it would be cheaper so but like then if you have the laptop then you have the portability argument as well which like i think most people don't use the laptop portability at fucking at all you know like they use a laptop and then they sit at the desk at their home or you know maybe they sit at the couch while they're watching tv but uh like for the most part the laptop is rarely ever being used as a laptop i know people do go to cafes but not anymore so you go to a cafe mr canadia let us know in the comments yeah not anymore so i mean but yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think the, the, the price argument is there's too many confounding variables to really make a clear argument either way on what you think, but uh, it's cheaper. So but yeah, I think it is a use case. The real answer is buy a Chromebook and a Nintendo Switch, and you now have general computing, you have gaming, and they're portable as hell. I mean, I think a Chromebook is the way. I can't remember the last time I did anything on this that required any compute. And I'm always like, oh, you know, I'm going to get productive someday and, like, go to, like, a cafe and, like, I'll go to a cafe Sunday morning and start hammering out some code and make an application I've always been wanting to make. And I've been saying this for years. So it's crunch the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so, and even then, I mean, if you want to code, you can still fucking, you can, the thing with the Chromebook is you could get a really cheap EC2 instance and then just buy a cheap-ass EC2 instance, run your code on that EC2 instance with AWS or whatever Azure's fucking cloud compute um is and still run it yeah you can just you can buy someone else's computer temporarily for so cheap and borrow it that there's just no reason i think to not have a chromebook but i also understand that that is that is a much larger technological demand on people so again if you're not a tech enthusiast maybe maybe a chromebook is for tech enthusiasts (laughs) (laughs) who knew so yeah but i've thought about like trying to sell this laptop a lot i could probably sell this still for significantly more than a chromebook and pocket a couple hundred and then get a chromebook again um but the chromebook was also just it was a pain in the ass honestly i know if it if it ran full-fledged windows that might be better yes if you had full control over it i just yeah there was already there was like two things that i had to do and they're like i thought they were small things you know i'm just like i'm gonna change my ip address and they're like well you gotta put in developer mode to do that oh are you a developer it wasn't yes. actually that no, dumb, but <laughs> yeah, and putting it into developer mode, you have to like pop off the back, and then there's a screw essentially that if you have to unscrew the screw and then hit a certain combination of keys, hold them for X amount of times, reboot, and then you're in developer mode. It's like it's a whole fucking clown fiesta. Sounds fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got there, and then I was like, then you're just like sweating that you're gonna brick it if you're not super familiar with it, so. Because I was trying to get Linux on it. Because I figured once I got Linux on it, then I wouldn't be having those issues. But even getting Linux on it was an absolute pain. I think I got it to, like, dual boot. But to boot into Linux, you had to, like, know, like, the secret key combo press. So (laughs) when I sold it, I'm not sure if I actually got rid of the dual boot. So people are going to be like, I'm missing, like, 20 gigs of my fucking... (laughs) My storage. Hopefully they don't notice. So you want to talk about uh, Dawn of Midnight? Yeah, so game number two, Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition Remix. Remix. That's a mouthful, but hear me out. It's a great game. So, it was developed by Rockstar San Diego. Yes, that's right. 
Rockstar, the makers of Grand Theft Auto, the makers of Red Dead Redemption, and Midnight Club. (laughs) (laughs) So, the original, just dub edition. um, Is this a racing game? Yes. Genre, racing game. (laughs) Okay, chop the gun. (laughs) Um, So, it was released back in April of 2005 um, for the PS2, Xbox, and then later in June for the PSP. Um, the you. dub edition, <laughs> the dub edition remix, um, was released almost a year later on PS2 and Xbox, but not um, the PSP. Um, so yeah, racing game, and essentially, so it the original was Midnight Club Three dub edition, and that's because Rockstar partnered with Dub, which is like an aftermarket like car parts company. Um, that and they they partnered with them and there's a lot of like specific dub edition like cars and parts in the game but this is the first midnight club game where they actually had fully licensed vehicles um before it was kind of like gta where it was like oh rando car here rando car there um and there was high customizability um in this game and it's definitely something they changed from the previous midnight clubs as well um but i mean you could change anything from performance to um, the visuals of almost every aspect of the car. They had some crazy visual modifications. Um, I mean, just absolutely bonk. For me as a kid back in 2005, there was not another game I knew of, a racing game that had that much customizability. I mean, it blew underground, Need for Speed Underground out of the water as far as customizability went. Um, and just overall car selection. Super cool. The, the remix that came out later, um, essentially what it added, so it added 24 new cars um, on top of what was existing in dub edition, um, including some new brands that weren't in the original game at all. Um, the original game had three cities, San Diego, Atlanta, and Detroit, um, which were all chosen for their influence on car cultures, um, from anywhere from like developing street racing to car modification to Detroit, as we know, being like the <laughs> Motown. To Detroit. Car culture. Sorry, that's just the way that you said that was like influencing street racing to customizing <laughs> cars to Detroit. Yeah, that was kind dun, of dun, a, dun. an odd list I, yeah. I threw in there. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I got it. Even I know it. So if I know and you don't, then you don't. <laughs> um, but they added Tokyo um, in Remix. And then they also added, there were already like 90 some licensed songs in the game. And they added 25 new songs. Um, in addition in the remix so they added a lot of content um, in the remix version which was pretty cool Um, so the metacritic for the dub edition um, was 84 out of 100 um, and then it was like 85 to 87 out of 100 for the remix so they actually liked it even better which which makes sense i mean that's a lot of content to add for yeah that sounds um, like a good remix yeah and and the remix and because it was kind of before like downloadable updates that we have today it released it as a full-fledged game but like same price as the original but added all of that additional content um super cool as soon as that came out i sold my dub edition and bought dub edition remix and the really nice thing is is that your save file transferred to remix so you didn't lose any of the problems in dub edition um thank god for that i mean honestly like that 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 deters me that has deterred me from playing games before or like getting the new you know new edition or whatever when it's just like yeah it's great but you have to like they're doing with fucking spider-man uh ps4 to ps5 oh really 
super shitty real quick rant on that um not only are so they they remastered spider-man for the ps5 which i mean yeah looks great oh that's all good and fun but the save file from ps4 does not transfer to the ps5 so you have to start from scratch and they changed the um character model for peter parker like what they they changed so everyone was used to it but now the new um model looks more like tom holland who plays spider-man in the mcu um and there's a lot of backlash outrage about it I don't understand. I'm sure there was probably with the rights that Marvel slash Sony owned, someone probably was putting pressure down the pipe to like align their faces more, um, especially with the the new Avengers game that came out. And there was a lot of backlash how those character models went. I'm sure they had some scarring from that. But I think everyone grew attached. They loved Spider-Man on the PS4. And then they go and change that. Oh, they massacred my boy. Um, and it was, yeah, it's just bad. So yeah, that's not how you do it. But Midnight Club, that's how you do it. That is how you do it. Um, as far as like uniqueness, so it's it's an open world. So all three and then four cities with remix um, are an open world you can drive around. Um, and the, the the main types of races are ordered, unordered, and circuit. Um, so ordered. <laughs> there are there are checkpoints. So ordered is essentially it's like a point to point. Like so a circuit is you're you're driving through checkpoints in a loop and you make a, a certain number of laps for the race. Ordered is there are checkpoints, kind of like a, a sprint race in other racing games from point A to point B, driving through checkpoints in a specific order. Unordered is there are checkpoints scattered throughout the city, and you just have to drive through every checkpoint before you cross the finish line, but you can do them in any order um, that you please. So it's kind of That's like kind trying of cool. to yeah, optimize, figure out the best routes. And the cities do a nice job of like throwing like little hidden passages um, in there that, that you can find it and kind of make it fun um, to do. There's damage models in the game. If you get too much damage, your car is destroyed. You lose the race. Um, all that good stuff. Um, there are seven types of cars. There are tuners, luxury sedans, SUVs slash trucks, exotics, muscle cars, sport bikes, which are motorcycles, and choppas, which are, like, motorcycles. <laughs> um, so crotch rockets and choppas. Um essentially and then there's there's special powers you get in the game but yeah so the tuner sport bike and exotic cars get what they call zone which is essentially like you slow down time you get to be really precise um helps you like turn quickly um but this is a special ability yeah special abilities you lock for uh, unlock for each of the um car types and the trucks suvs and luxury cars get aggro um which essentially you it's super fucking hilarious it you crash into anything you want and you take no damage and it doesn't slow you down but you essentially fucking rocket them into the stratosphere anytime you hit something it just like shoots off into the distance it's amazing um and then muscle cars and choppas get roar um, which is the only offensive ability which is essentially you send out like a sonic shockwave which throws things out of your way and is really ha- really useful someone coming up behind you you use roar and it f- shoots them back behind you it's essentially like a 360 degree um shockwave so this it, game sounds fucking ridiculous i yeah. want to be clear like this sounds clowny it, it is, sounds entertaining, but it sounds clowny. Yeah, it's for sure an arcade racer. They're, they're not going for Sim yeah. like, by, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, 
but yeah, su- super fun game. Just fun to play. That that's about all I really need to say about it. Um, what what uh like what other than the customizability was different for? Well, I guess that and then the power ups. Yeah, the, the power ups are definitely um kind of unique. Like in uh like Need for Speed Most Wanted and stuff, they had speed zone speed breaker speed breaker is that what they call it i don't remember what it's called but there's like a a special ability where you slow down time in those games as well sounds like everyone's fucking franklin yeah 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 gta that was the other thing um but it's all driving abilities essentially yeah um i mean this sounds like the most unique this has at least the most unique stuff out of any of the racers i feel like that we talked about so far especially given the age of the title yeah um definitely sounds the yeah the most inspired which is makes more sense why you picked it because every time you say it talk about a racer i'm always wondering like what the fuck sets this one like how you know like why why is this like why is another one on your top 50 like there's no way that all of these are doing something new but this one proved me wrong this one did some new stuff yeah i put a lot of hours into this game um and they also had collectibles throughout the city um if you found them all you would unlock a car um, and there were like little rock star logos, but they would be hidden um, in all of their little secret passages and on rooftops and stuff like that. And so you'd have to um, find all of them. That and, age of game loves that shit. It, it you know what I'm saying? Really that is like <laughs> every single game is like, collect this random icon a trillion times. And half the, time you don't even, half the time you don't even get anything for it. It was so dumb. Yeah, you, you definitely um, get a car for doing it. There is a reward. Which it's a nice. slow car, but you get a car. That's true. IRL. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition Remix. Um, and that is my victor for this week. Um, as we talked about before, Payday 2, a lot of fun. Super fun to play um, with friends. But uh, yeah, Midnight Club, I, I love racing games too much. I put way too much time into that game to not give it the win. It is, as you pointed out, very unique as far as racing games go. And done incredibly well yeah definitely it sounds interesting i mean i don't feel like playing i feel like racing games don't they don't seem like in my head that they would hold up as well over time as a game with like a good story because like i could play midnight club dub 3000 remix or i could play forza and i feel like i'd probably pick forza every single time but i feel like that's just kind of a like a archetype or like a you know effect of the genre being what it is so I'd, I'd be interested to have you play midnight club and see what you thought of it because i think gameplay wise it's incredible as far as like arcade racers go it's actually pretty no it's better it's than fun. the crew too so that's for sure all right my turn your turn baby all right i'm talking about oh. age of empires dose the age of kings and is that what it's called? Age of Empires 2, The Age of Kings, yeah. Actually? Yeah. Huh? But it's The Age of Empires. How could it be The Age of Kings? And Borderlands. So I'll start with Age of Empires 2. It's a real-time strategy game made by Ensemble Studios, released September 30th, 1999. Got a 92 out of 100 on Metacritic. That's old. It is old, um, and it is considered a classic of the real-time strategy genre. Uh, Specifically two? Yeah. Oh, okay. But, I mean, Age of Empires and Age of Mythologies are definitely, like, standout. Like, I mean, those are, like, classic titles in the RTS as well as uh, um, StarCraft. 
about to say Star Trek. <laughs> Classic RTS. With the um, lightsabers. <laughs> oh man, that made me tired of my sadness. I know, um, I hope people listening can hear the sarcasm in my voice. I know I'm not. I hope dumb. you can so that you feel my pain right there. Um, so yeah, if you haven't played RTS, I guess I'll just walk you through what like my experience playing Age of Empires 2 was. So essentially... I mean, obviously, boot up the game, right? Lock it in. I normally just do free play. They do have a story mode that includes, like, they put a historic element to it, which kind of makes it Mm. interesting. They'll put, like, real, you know, history names, but I don't, like, it's not like they're trying to, like, emulate battles or anything. Benjamin uh, Franklin. (laughs) (laughs) Normally, it's a little bit older than that, but sure. Um, Benjamin Franklin's dad. I'm trying to think. There was a game that was that I played recently that did a really good job of including like actual history to make it spicy. But I always like Creed. I might have actually been that. They do do include. They do include some stuff that makes it definitely spicy to play. But yeah, so you can choose from one of thirteen civilizations, and essentially each civilization has pros and cons. So like, you know, they might have like better economy, better trading, better military. Uh, you know, stronger buildings, better civilians, whatever. So. Each of the 13 have their own. The way that I normally play it, as since I pretty much only played with AI, though you can play against other people, uh, I just really like building cities. And that is why I like this game. And why I, I when I play RTSs, even when I play StarCraft, you know, I, I just like building up and leveling up my stuff. I, I treat it much more like a collectathon than like an actual, like, oh, I'm trying to max out my RPM, go for the early invade strat, build up as quick of an army as I can, maximize my resource production earlier and invade them and try to cripple them early so I can win. Uh, which is a reliable strategy that I also got fucked by when I did play with other people, a.k.a. my brother. Because um, my brother's just way better at RTSs than I'll ever be. Um... So yeah, you start you start out the game and they pretty much give you like a town hall and then a couple civilians and your civilians can mine uh, for gold or stone. They can farm for food and then they can cut down trees for lumber. And you also use your civilians to build up buildings. So then you can make buildings that will allow you to like research to improve your military or create military units or make towers that'll shoot you know at incoming enemies, make walls to protect your cities, so on so forth. And then you can build additional town halls and houses so that you can increase your population cap like you start with the pop cap of like 25 so you can only have 25 total military units and civilians and then you have to keep building up more uh more houses more town halls more castles so you can house more people which was kind of i kind of appreciated that like a little bit of realism in there even though it's like you know your character models like looks like it's like two fucking pixels in total i mean it's definitely (laughs) it's definitely an old game so yeah, it sounds like I I pretty much only played this one. I don't think I played Age of Empires one at all. I played a little bit of Age of Mythology, and uh, I played I think a little bit of Age of Empires three. But this one sounds like it had substantial improvements over Age of Empires one, which it had like the idle unit button. So you could click this button, and it would just drag you. It would automatically like have you select and move your camera to a unit that isn't doing anything at the time mm-hmm. um which is very good for like civilians because if you'll you'll send the civilian to build something and then when they're done building if you're not paying attention they'll be like hiding behind the building so you can't oh, you just yeah. see the health bar stuck behind the building but you don't see anything else so then you're like you've just like had a civilian just chilling and doing nothing which is obviously this game is all about just straight optimization and trying to increase your throughput non-stop 
Um, they also had a town bell. So when you were getting attacked, you could ring the town bell and all the civilians uh, would try to get into the town hall. There's only so many that can sit inside the town hall. And then essentially inside the town hall, it's like they have like bows and they're shooting off the, you know, one of the decks of the town hall or whatever. So good, good way to immediately call and defend. They also, uh, they just essentially add a lot more stuff that the civilians could do, like actually defending with the town bell option and such. Uh, good customization of hotkeys, user-friendly controls, interesting historical narrative within the campaign. I'm looking at my notes now, if you can't tell by my change in voice. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, like I said, the way that I always played is I always just like leveling up and just building out my city and making a big old city with a bunch of people. I really didn't fight a whole lot, and normally when I did, it would be like I'd be so end game that I just had like been building up an army the entire time that I just like all right, one last run and done. Like we're <laughs> done with the game, so now we get to kill people. Uh, so yeah, I I really enjoyed the game. It's I, I there's other RTSs that I have enjoyed as well, but this is. This is the first RTS I played, so it has special place in my tiny little heart. And I'm trying to think of, I think it was like Rise of Nations is the other RTS I played. And then like Star Commander, I think was the other one. And then obviously StarCraft, Brood War. I haven't actually played StarCraft 2, so if it's worth playing and someone wants to play it, let me know. But yeah. Oh yeah, StarCraft 2 is free to play. Actually, I played it a little bit. But yeah, so the, either way, this is my first RTS. Really enjoyed it. Good time. That's a that's the nitty-gritty of an RTS, though, is essentially build up army, kill other opponent. Questions? Um, why did you play this game? This All RTSs that I played were because of my brother. My brother was an RTS player, and he liked RTS games. I'm sure he still likes RTS games. Like That is just what he likes to do. He, he plays chess for fun. I mean, who does that? I played chess for fun. Well, you guys are. Both I was in chess club, bro. Dummies. So, um, hey, Christian, you want to play chess sometime? Hit me up. But yeah, so he like, at least last time I checked, he's like, there's like a website that you can go and just play chess with randos, uh, and so I think he was he was doing that pretty frequently. I'm pretty sure Christian would probably kick my ass, but um, uh, who knows. Uh, but yeah, so he, he definitely, he, he really liked RTSs, and so most, most of the games that I played while growing up, because I was too young to get most games and really didn't have, like, I, A, I didn't even know how to, like, find out what new games were when I started playing games, right? Like, I didn't even, like, have an information feed other than him, and so then by that time that I heard it from him, it was him bringing them into, uh, the house, so, and then, like, I wasn't allowed to get m-rated games but like he could get m-rated games so as long as he got them then i was still allowed to play them and it was like this it was a bunch of nice loophole there (laughs) yeah it was a bunch of weird gray areas with it so but i didn't mind yeah i didn't do too much research into like games because i was just always satisfied kind of with what we got in the house or i was too young too so have you played like city skyline or sim city or anything like that i know you talked about like building up the city part but those Mm -hmm. games are like essentially rts minus the battles yeah, I haven't played those. Um, I mean, I played like I know like, this is definitely different than what you're talking about, but I did enjoy playing like Roller Coaster Tycoon and stuff, which is still I, I think the that's same fair. the yeah. same element, you know. Um, as I'm pretty sure I told you this, but like when I play Roller Coaster Tycoon, my goal is always to just make as many people vomit when they're getting off a coaster as possible. So yeah, I, I, it's like 
when roller coaster tycoon's a little niche for me and it has a soft place in my heart because watching everyone vomit as they're getting off i mean it just feels great but but yeah maybe i'll try a different one because yeah building up the cities is fun but it would be nice to have it be a little bit more of the main focus than the fighting because i'm not i a i have terrible apm never going to have good apm because i don't really care to put in the time because i'm not going to play competitively um and b it's like i just want my units to look cool so yeah, the other game is Borderlands. First-person shooter developed by Gearbox Software, released October 2009, got an 84 out of 100 on Metacritic. <laughs> My voice is fading. Oh. Um, so you're a vault hunter, traveling to Pandora to search for the vault, because you are a hunter of the vault. <laughs> um, so you can choose between four vault hunters, Brick, Lilith, Mordecai, or Roland. And the vault is rumored to contain alien tech and priceless riches, quote-unquote. You're just you're, you're trying to get big, rich, and powerful by getting to the vault. This is a classic, you 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 that type of guy. You know what I'm saying. You want the thing. And you're going to get it. So you get off the bus outside of the town of Firestone, and you receive psychic instructions from this angel-like woman called the Guardian Angel. And she's like, vault. And you're like, okay. And <laughs> and then you run into a robot named Claptrap, who is one of the greatest characters of all time in any video game, because he is pure comedy. Um, if you're not familiar with Claptrap, then you are missing out. So, yeah. So you meet the robot, then you meet a doctor named Zed, helps you gain reputation by killing some uh, local straight baddies, if you will. And because of the reputation you gain, you end up getting contacted by a former archaeologist, Tannis, who is familiar with the vault and is like, oh, the vault only opens up once every 200 years, but good news, since this is a video game, perfect timing, it's going to open up soon. <laughs> um, so then you just spend the rest of the game essentially uh, trying to collect these pieces so you can open up the vault. A criticism of the game, if you can't tell by how quickly I'm going through the story, is paper thin story. Um, but that is definitely not the lure of the game, in my opinion. So I would say the the main attraction is it's it's so when it was being developed, essentially they wanted to have like when they were developing it, the developers were like, okay, when you play a first person shooter or anything like that, the 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 action loop of the game is essentially you run into an area and then you kill a bunch of people and that is that is the loop and you just keep repeating that right like in doom you run to zombie point a or like i mean demon point a kill all those demons collect your stuff move on to the next one and rinse and repeat and then when you play an rpg like your loop is your leveling so you just keep going until you level up and that's the cycle and so they wanted to try to merge the two of them together because they didn't think that they needed to be like mutually exclusive, I guess, within a gaming hmm. title. Okay. So the goal is to merge FPS and uh, like RPG. Yeah, I said RGP? <laughs> rocket Propelled Grenade? When I said RPG, I thought Rocket Propelled Grenade. Role-playing game. Okay, same acronym, stressing out. DMV Delmar, but we're here <laughs> for it, baby. That's different. <laughs> um, so yeah, they also it was like heavily inspired by like Diablo, so it's definitely got some big collectathon aspects to it, which a lot of people really like. I do not personally care for the collectathon aspect of it, but I don't mind it either. Like it's not annoying. Normally collectathons give me like existential dread while I'm playing them, so I can't, and this one was totally fine. So that gets my A plus rating right there. <laughs> uh so when it was in production, the other point I like about it 
and this was this was a cool like tidbit is essentially they were very close to finishing production and they had some people review the game and at the time Fallout 3 and Rage uh, were both recently released and it was a very realistic in graphics type game and the person who was criticizing it was like okay well you kind of just like did another post-apocalyptic like congratulations you know the art style is the exact same so it was like the very end of the development cycle like the documentary about it or like there's like an article about it called like the 11th hour of Borderlands Mm -hmm. and that is when they started developing that cartoon-esque style of art that is so you know popular like Borderlands is known for and I think that that is like the art style is incredibly unique and incredibly cool and they did a phenomenal job with it it sounds like the entire time that they were developing the art style they like didn't mention it to anyone else in the team that didn't need to because they knew that they were going to get backlash and criticism for it uh and so then they like release it at the very end or like present it and then they're like okay we'll go for it (laughs) the person who was the creative director beforehand or like we've been working on the art up until that point (laughs) the the article was like uh she left not only the company after that but she also quit the gaming industry entirely because like all of her work (laughs) for it just got scrapped at the very end so i mean i understand the salt but man, that was that was pretty pretty funny to hear. Yowza. But that is to me like the graphics and the gameplay are what makes it. So the pivot was definitely um, well worth it. It was definitely yeah. It was definitely it's a highlight of the game and something that they continued to do throughout the rest of the games. And it's something that sets Borderlands apart. I can't think of another game that has a similar art style. I'm sure there are, but they're all copycats, so they don't matter. I do we. So. Yeah, they they call it cell shaded, um, and it's yeah comic book artwork style. So it is, uh, you can play it solo. I wouldn't really recommend playing it solo. This is definitely because the story's kind of thin. It is a game that is just fun to like sit on a couch with friends and run through, just shooting up the baddies and exploring the world with. So it is definitely a you know multi person game, even though you can play it single player. So one of the criticisms or comments, I guess, it got. Uh, was it's a successful loot-driven FPS where plenty of other Diablo-inspired games have failed. Um, Borderlands succeeded, and I think that's a pretty good way to kind of just describe the game. It is definitely collectathony, shoot 'em up. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I think it's a very unique title. I'm happy that it exists in the gaming world, and it definitely stands out. And I think it will stand out for a long time. A lot of my friends really like Borderlands. In fact, significantly more than I like Borderlands. <laughs> so it definitely has like a big uh, like cult following or like big backing to it. I don't want to say cult because it's a pretty big title. But the people who like it, like it a lot. So, yeah. It's a cult. It's, it's always a cult. So yeah, they're the, the both pretty nitty gritty reviews. But I think that covers essentially what I wanted to talk about with both. Uh, for the dubs... I think I switched up what I thought I was going to say earlier, but I think I actually am going to say Borderlands, to my surprise, honestly. But I think I'm saying Borderlands. Maybe not to your surprise, but to my surprise, it's Borderlands. Not to my surprise. It is surprising that you were thinking the other way first. I mean, Age of Empires slaps. Like, that's a that's a, that's a fire fire. That's something that I've been, like, I've played recently, I'm pretty sure, and, like, have the new edition of. But, yeah, I, I do like Borderlands, and it definitely stands out. As, like, a solid FPS. And, like I said, like same with Rainbow Six. You know, I like FPSs that kind of differentiate themselves in a way that is exciting and, like, refreshing the play. And I definitely think Borderlands does that. So, yeah. Surprising to me. 
Wow. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of today's podcast. We loved having you here. We hoped you had a good time too. If you stuck around this long, you must really like us because that's a lot of hearing us blabber about a bunch of crap. So thank you so much for joining us. As always, you can check us out on Instagram at Mo Video Games. You can find more episodes of the Mo Video Game Podcast on Spotify and Spotify. I'm trying to say Podbean, Spotify and Podbean. Check us out there. Maybe come into some more podcast services near you. And until next time, juice.